You've all gone the extra mile to revise this. We're in great shape for the client meeting. Thank you all. You're here for others. The urgent care is closed. Should we go to the ER? You know what? I know what to do. We're here for you. That is a little bit higher than normal, but medically, it's not a fever. Oh good, that's a relief. Have a great day, sweetheart. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> the client loved it. We're approved to move forward. Great job, everyone. Live fearless, North Carolina. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Monday, December 16th. I'm Donald Ware. This week, we begin preparations to preview the Celebration Bowl. Hope you had an absolutely wonderful weekend. No HBCU football this weekend for the first time since prior to the start of the HBCU football season, uh, the latter part of August. But I got a great celebration bowl upcoming on Saturday between North Carolina A&T and Alcorn State. And so this week we're going to break down uh, the matchups. Today we're going to begin with looking at the Braves. We're going to look strictly at the Braves tomorrow. We'll look at the Aggies Wednesday will begin to look more uh, towards the matchup between the two, which promises to be an outstanding football game. We had a great football game in Atlanta last year between the Braves and the Aggies, one in which A&T defeated Alcorn State 24-22. Maybe a controversial two-point conversion that, uh, if you looked at it, at least on first glance, it appeared that Alcorn State converted uh, the replay said uh, that it didn't. I think it was initially called a, a no two-point conversion anyway. And the replay, I don't remember if it was inconclusive, or, but it was awfully, awfully close. And so it was a great football game between the two. And this is going to be the third time in the five years of the Celebration Bowl that uh, these two teams have played. And not only that, once again, the Celebration Bowl uh, the way it looks is going to determine the HBCU National Championship. Uh, looking at the schedule and results for Alcorn State, began the season with a 38-10 loss at Southern Miss. And the interesting thing about this football game, Jay Hobson was the former head coach at Alcorn State um, and now is the head coach, of course, at uh, Southern Mississippi, these two coaches, uh, meaning Hobson uh, and Fred McNair, the head coach, the Braves know each other well. Uh, Hobson brought on Fred McNair, be I believe, to begin as the quarterback's coach, ultimately became the offensive coordinator. So really, uh, the Braves didn't play bad in that football game against Southern Miss. Took out the uh, frustrating and disappointing loss because I think Alcorn State felt like it could have played much better in that football game and took that out on Mississippi College, uh, a 45-7 to drubbing of Mississippi College. Um, that game uh, was, of course, played uh, on the campus of Alcorn State. Uh, the following week, a close loss by Alcorn State to McNeese State, 17-14. to It was a game um, in which McNeese State got out to the 17 to nothing lead, uh, if I remember this game, and uh, Alcorn State came back and was able to pull to within 17-14 to 14 with a couple of opportunities uh, to possibly win the football game. It ultimately did not happen. Uh, and uh, But uh, really a good game uh, for all, uh, really for Alcorn State as a whole 
in that football game. It, it really began the emergence also, I think, of, he, of Felix Harper in that game. Two touchdowns, two interceptions, 13 of 28, 132 yards. And, you know, he began to take over that role. I think he solidified that role uh, with the following week uh, with the victory over Prairie View A&M. And if you look at the numbers uh, for uh, 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 for uh, uh, Felix Harper in that football game, I mean, they were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, 25 of 37, 280 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And, you know, on the conference call, we would hear week to week, uh, Coach McNair would say, well, you know, Noah Johnson was day-to-day. He was day-to-day. But, listen, we knew, or at least I knew, that uh, that was going to be it. I had seen this story before. You go back to 2015, uh, that same season, uh, when uh, John Gibbs Jr. had come off the 2014 season um, as the Boxero Offensive Player of the Year that season. And then you have a dynamic quarterback by the name of Lenore's Footman who came in when uh, when Gibbs went down and Gibbs never saw his, his spot uh, again. And Lenore's Footman played fabulously that season and including in the Celebration Bowl against North Carolina A&T, a very similar scenario. And by the way, we've seen this in between 2015 and this season uh, when you look at it was all about, you know, Lenore's footman was the guy, and then Noah Johnson sort of emerged, and they sort of shared time. Then it seemed like Johnson took over, um, and then Lenore's footman uh, sort of, I think his last year was the primary guy. And then, of course, Noah Johnson took over uh, mostly in 2017 and then had a breakout 2018 season where he rushed, I believe he rushed for over a thousand yards uh, in that season as well. And so we've seen this, but again, you talk about the emergence of Felix Harper, who had a fun, matter of fact, he seemed like he'd gone so many games uh, without throwing an interception uh, the next week after the victory over Prairie View A&M, uh, victory over Mississippi Valley State 45-19, to then a victory over Alabama State 35-7, to then a victory over Savannah State 42-17, to then another victory over Southern 27-13 to before a November 9th loss to Grambling State uh, in that game was on the road it was in Grambling and it was an overtime game and in that game Felix Harper had two interceptions in that ball game but the Braves able to bounce back uh, and they needed some big wins the win over Alabama A&M was huge they needed to have that victory to secure the SWAC's Eastern Division for the sixth straight year got it done 34 to 28 a close game okay and then of course uh just blew uh, jackson state out of the water the following week 41 to 6 and then a great game a couple of weeks ago against southern in the swag championship game where allcorn state won that football game 39 to 24 so that's sort of a look at uh how allcorn state got to where it is of course allcorn state the braves ranked number one in the hbcu coaches poll and ranked number two in the HBCU media poll what uh Alcorn State does well they can score points no question about it behind the play of Felix Harper got a good running game we hadn't heard a lot uh from Deshaun Waller uh, this year he's played sparingly he's been injured but Nico Duffy 
has done a really, really good job in terms of uh, being able to run the football. But as a whole, Alcorn State does a good job of running the football. They do a good job of passing the football, obviously, uh, behind the play of uh, Felix Harper. And defensively, what Alcorn State does, they don't give up a lot of points, only giving up 20 points per game. So they don't give up a lot of points either. They can be run on a little bit, giving up 138 yards rushing per game. Um, definitely Alcorn State can be susceptible to the pass. And I'm not going to compare what A&T could do. I don't want to talk about A&T today, but we will talk about uh, sort of the matchups between the two teams um, and, and the various uh, advantages, if you will, that each team may have. But at the end of the day, Alcorn State is giving up about 238 yards passing per game. That is a lot of yards uh, that Alcorn State gives up. Where where Alcorn State is good, I mean, the numbers may not be great in terms of the total defensive numbers, but where Alcorn State is great is their ball hawks. You look at Quinterio Cole in that secondary, Bochtero All-America for the second straight year, and this young man is a junior. So he's one of those guys, one of the leaders on that defense, the leader in the secondary, 21 interceptions on the season. Alcorn State has been a ball hawk on the season. That's where Alcorn State uh, is going to be able to, uh, uh, does excel. Uh, maybe the numbers don't bear out how good Alcorn State may be uh, from a defensive perspective. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, the, the, the numbers speak to 21 interceptions on the season uh, by Alcorn State. I mean, that's a, I mean, you know, that is a lot of interceptions. But again, you look at Alcorn State, you look at the season uh, that Alcorn State has had, and it has been uh, a phenomenal season. One of the areas of concern also for Alcorn State has to be uh, in the penalty department as well, averaging about 71 yards uh, in penalties per game. And, um, you know, that they, you know, they're going to definitely have to cut down on that going to have to be a lot better uh, in the uh, penalty department uh, against North Carolina A&T um, in this upcoming Celebration Bowl. But the Braves are really, really good. Uh, the receiving core uh, for uh, for the Braves is good. I've already mentioned Felix Harper is good, but uh, you know, in a couple of games. Um, in some big games, you look at um, the game against Grambling, the loss, two interceptions in that game. You look at the win against Southern, where Southern again held a fourth quarter lead in that ball game. Three interceptions in that ball game for Felix Harper. You have to ask uh, the question: Will and and I know that Fred McNair and Pat White, who's the quarterbacks coach, of course, Pat White's one of the greatest college football players to ever play played at West Virginia, going to have uh, Felix Harper prepared uh, as as the Braves have had in years past uh, when the Braves had Lenore's footman prepared for A&T going back to 2015, when Noah Johnson was prepared. Now, Noah Johnson didn't have a great game passing against A&T last year, but he had a great game running the football against A&T on last year. So you know that uh, Fred McNair, Pat White are going to have Felix Harper prepared. But again, he has to go out and execute in two big ball games. He's got in, in the biggest ball games, really, if you look at it, 
five interceptions uh, in uh, against Grambling and against Southern as well. I mentioned the receivers led uh, by Chris Blair, 37 receptions on the season, 781 yards. He averages in excess of 21 yards per reception. And so when you look at this Alcorn State team, I mean, I think where it's vulnerable is on the defensive side of the football. I think offensively, the running game is solid. Um, the passing game is really, really good. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, Felix Harper uh, was a box to row All-American going against some great, uh, some other great quarterbacks, Ryan Stanley of Florida A&M, Jerome Johnson uh, of Bowie State, but he ultimately prevailed and uh, this, this guy can really play. So when you look at Alcorn State, really, really good offensively. Um, opportunistic on the defensive side of the football. Going to have to cut back uh, definitely on the turnovers. So that's a look at the Alcorn State Braves. My thoughts on the Braves on tomorrow's HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Going to break down the North Carolina A&T Aggies. Don't keep the HBCU Football Daily Podcast a secret. Tell a friend about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast where you can listen uh, online at BoxToRow.com as well as iHeartMedia.com. You can also download the podcast at BoxToRow.com and iHeartMedia.com as well. A look at the North Carolina AMT Aggies on tomorrow's HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Talk with you there. Things we can undo. We're just in the pen. I can.